This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 13 Days of Halloween is from Grim and Mild, Blumhouse, and iHeart 3D Audio. Headphones recommended. Listener discretion advised. startled me and we're familiar good i'm glad to hear oh perhaps the dram the pastor gave you is clearing up the fog yes you're noticing the graveyard yes i i'm drawn to it what nothing nothing i'm i'm glad if it scratches an itch <laughs> Would you like to walk in? Have a look? Sure. Ah, after you. Over here to your right is the oldest portion of the graveyard, the only part of town older really than the church. This is where some of the builders were buried as they died that first winter building the holy structure. Those that were still members of the faith, of course. There's an underground river that runs far below this spot, and as their bodies rot, it carries them to the ocean to be with the Father in the sea. Lovely, hmm? no? Why don't they just give them a burial at sea? Well, that right is reserved only for our saints. Those whom the Father calls to loudly enough for the others to hear. See? Think of this burial as sort of a purgatory. We dissolve into the earth over time, enter the water table, and it cleanses us before returning us home. I see. 
Is someone else here? I don't know. Let's see. Hello? 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 Perhaps it's the dead. It's a joke. <gasps> Who's there then? Two pilgrims. You here to see someone in particular? Or are you just window shopping? <laughs> <laughs> Are you... Stop! Stop right there, miss. <coughs> Sorry about that. You just can't. Are, are, are you unwell? <laughs> In a sense. <coughs> Death is a trickster. I know because I was playing its game. I know from after what happened to this town and what happened to poor Alice. I has no manner of a cloth, but I work for one year. It's been a grave digger over 30 years and put more folks in the ground than I can remember. So as you could say, I was affiliated. Used to be you could put a person in the ground, rattle off a few prayers, tip your cap and raise a glass to the dearly departed. Not no more. Need the lighthouse over there, you'll find a cliff. 113 foot drop down to the cove where the ship had wrecked that day. Same day, death started playing pranks. We formed a rescue party. Scaled the cliffs down to the rocks below. Looked like a small transport vessel. The riptide had hammered her against the rocks over and over. Till there weren't nothing but splinters and oil all along the cove. Most of them bodies was already buried beneath the sand and seaweed. Some crabs got to them before we could. So there weren't much left of them, boys. Just skulls and cartilage. White flesh dangling off the skeletons like little flags flapping in the wind. Except for one fella. Followed a trail in the black sand along the cove to where he'd collapsed. The gulls was on him. They'd nearly pecked his ears clean off. He's gashed and gnarled from the reef too. Blood everywhere. I think it was Porter. John Porter. He was the first to get close to the poor bastard. Porter checked for a beaten heart. He's alive! Still alive! Porter calls out. And then all of a sudden, the man's arm shot up. Clutched old Porter by the collar. Pulled him down to his crusted lips so he could whisper in his ear. Poor soul managed to get a few words out so John could hear. A final breath would gurgled up through the salt water and sand and his collapsed lung. Don't put me down there. Don't put me under. The man wheezed. And then he was out. Died right then and there. 
still clinging to John Porter's coat. There was talk of sinking him. I wouldn't have it, neither. Man deserves a proper burial, I says. Being a gravedigger means I'm of the business of the church here. And as such, well, as no shepherd, mind ye. But in the absence of any clergyman on the blood-soiled beach that day, it figured as next in command. We managed to hoist the dead man to the top. I dug the grave. Reverend came, gave us a sermon for the unknown feller, about how it could have been any one of us, so on. We're all God's children, and so on. Well... We laid that man down to rest, and that was that. For so we thought. Porter got the fever first. John Porter. He'd gone back down to the mill to make up for his shift when the six set in. Next day his skin started turning, blackened flesh from bleeding inside. By day three he was bleeding on the outside. And by the morning of day four, he stopped bleeding. Because his heart stopped pumping. At least, they couldn't find no pulse. So as I dug another grave, then them others from the mill got the fever. Had to dig three more graves that Sunday. Next day, Seven more holes. My hands were so sore from digging. I had to soak them in buckets of salt water and ice. Then them government men came down from the bureau. Said we needed to dig up the first man. The one we'd collected from the shipwreck. They brought a medical examiner with them to do the autopsy. So as I dug him up, pried open his casket course, that's when we noticed the marks. Terrible scrapes and gouges in the coffin lid. Fingernails ripped off and embedded in the pine. Turns out that man weren't dead when we put him under. Poor bastard woke up down there. No escape from the dark and the cold. No ways out of the tight confines of his two-by-six box. No telling how long before he ran out of breath. Government man said it was happening in all other places, too. Showed us them headlines. People falling into a coma-like state. Death was fooling them doctors into thinking these poor bastards passed on, you hear? And when them graves was unearthed, and them containers pried open, they found grisly evidence of mistakenly buried victims, their frantic attempts to escape the casket, and so on. Genevieve was next. Genevieve Sellers. She was a head nurse up at the infirmary. Took a quick. She's presumed dead the very next day. Whole town gathered for her funeral. That's when it happened. The Reverend was halfway through the observance, mid-prayer. 
Grant to the souls of all our faithful departed your mercy, and so on. Father, we pray that Genevieve Sellers may know the blessings of everlasting life, and so forth. All right then, old Genevieve Sellers sat up. Sat right the fuck up in a casket. Quarter of the congregation either wretched or fainted right where they stand and me wife, Alice, well, she froze up too. The fright overtook her. Pure shock. Couldn't breathe neither. I had to shake her hard. Carried her all the way home. So it was decided on what had to be done, you hear? And we proceeded to dig them others up. Them ones we just buried. Lucky them holes was fresh. And the earth was loose. And... Sure enough... Quarter of them bore the signs. The tell-tale marks of premature burial. Fingers gnarled to the bone of trying to claw their way out of them boxes. Their faces stretched in terror. Their eyes fixed in permanent anguish. And I knew death was near. Enjoying the show. Its jaws rattling with laughter. I could almost hear its hands clacking together in cruel applause. Cause that's when the panic set in. Everyone overcome with the fear that they might meet the same fate. Like a fungus spreading out across the village. Constant state of terror like that can damage the spirit of a town like ours. And it did. The fear crept into me own house, too. Drove Alice completely mad. First she got restless. Stopped sleeping. Stopped eating, too. Poor, sweet Alice. Became obsessed. The unholy terror of being buried alive slithered in her brain like a nest of worms. I gave her medicine to knock her out, and woke to the sound of her wheezing and choking in her dreams, like she was suffocating. She's clawing at the darkness just an inch from her face, like as though she's trapped. I jostled her, and she woke up with a start, sucking in a deep, ragged breath like she'd broken through to the surface from the watery depths after almost drowning. After them tears, she'd start to wail, sobbing into the night. Of course, that's when the fever set in, too. So I built her a special box, a casket, the little pool string that run up through an eight-foot pole all the way up to a pretty silver bell above ground. A safety device. In case she's put down premature, so she could just pull the cord and ring the bell for to signal us if she weren't all dead. 
When I showed it to her, she nodded real polite-like and thanked me. The corners of her mouth uncoiled in that pretty smile of hers. Despite her faraway stare, that night she doused herself in linseed oil and tried to burn herself alive. I walked in on her as she's trying frantic light to strike the wet match. Next day her fever was burned and hot, and her fingers was black. Vixen, she says. Vixen, I'm dead. If I fix me into that wooden box. Kill me. Promise you will. If you love me. If you really ever love me. Those were her last words. I couldn't do it, though. How could I? Well, that's when I noticed... I was hot with fever, too. I carried Alice in my arms and laid her on that stone slab over there. Picked all the buttery weed from them woods. Collected all the columbine and maidenhair fern from the cliffs. And I surrounded her lifeless body with bouquets of them wild flowers. Figured I should wait a turn before putting poor Alice in the earth. Wait a spell and see if she don't come back to me. And I waited till the night air filled with that sickly sweetness. I still waiting and digging, digging up all the mothers we buried just to make sure they ain't still breathing. Fever is set in full now. My brain is boiling. Don't know if it's for me grieving or the fever. My eyes is a blur now. Don't know if it's for my tears or the lack of sleep. My hands is black now. Couldn't tell you if they're stained from the soil or if they's black from the sick. Alice has been lying on that slab for a long time now, too. I think she's gone. I can't be too sure now. Can't tell the essence of mortal decay from the scent of them dead flowers. I don't know as was actual no more. I don't know how long I've been here digging either. I don't remember how I come here. How to exit. I don't know whether I'm even living anymore at all. Like I says, death is a trickster. Yeah. Well, I do hope you recover. Yeah, well, if you hear any bells ringing in here and you don't see me, go fetch the pastor. Got it? (laughs) Of course. Shall we? Yes. Uh, Have a good day, sir. This way. Will he be all right? The father gives, 
and the father takes back. Everything returns to him. Wait. What is it? I think I... This, this gravestone. What about it? It's familiar. Hmm. Is it? I know it. The name... George Barrow. Hmm. Well, does it mean anything to you? I don't know. It just seems so... It's making my head hurt again to try to remember. Well then, maybe back off a little. It will come. It's interesting. What? Just how the mind works, don't you think? Who was George Barrow? He was a citizen. Did you know him? I know everyone. The moment has passed. It's gone. The, the, the feeling of familiarity. Well, then it will come back. Come. I have stops to make to prepare for the gathering tonight. We must go by the butcher. Oh, and a warning. If he offers you samples, decline. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tomorrow on 13 Days of Halloween, The Butcher Shop. 
Nothing but glamour. For everything that appears, know this. No matter what it is, or what it looks like, or how much it begs and pleads, even if it looks like someone you know or knew, there's nothing there but unholy evil and death. Do you understand? No matter what, even if everything inside of you struggles with it, even if it's a child. Thirteen Days of Halloween, The Graveyard, starring Kathy Najimy, Bethany Ann Lind, and Aileen Loy. Written by Dan Bush, with additional material by Nicholas Tukoski. Sound design and mixing by Rima Ilkayali. Engineering by Violet Furton, Dubway Studios, New York. Casting by Jessica Luza. Created by Matt Frederick and Alex Williams, with executive producer Aaron Mankey. A production of iHeartRadio, Grim and Mild, and Blumhouse Television. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.